slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. And uh, where, wow, where to begin? Uh, what a debacle, an 8 nothing defeat in Game 5 in Tampa Bay. Islanders now trail the series 3-2. to two. We're going to discuss this game from a few different angles and talk about what it is the Islanders need to do if they have any hope of getting back into this series. We'll talk about it and break it down and try to find some semblance of hope after what we just witnessed in Game 5, which was just absolutely awful. You need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the leagues. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps each day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today, wherever you get podcasts. Well, 8 nothing. Uh, I don't even know how to begin to explain it. It was just one of those games where absolutely everything that could have gone wrong for the New York Islanders did, and maybe the only silver lining you could take away from it, well, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, If there's something Islanders related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, or maybe a topic you'd like to discuss, feel free to send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles. You could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I'm always live tweeting during every Islanders game, so uh, please follow, and it's great to interact with fans during the game. All right, so silver lining, a bright spot. Here it is. It's still only one game. And maybe in some ways, it's a little easier to lose 8 to nothing than it is to lose 3 to 2 in overtime or to lose the way the Tampa Bay Lightning lost game four. Uh, This was more or less over soon after it started. And you could talk all you want about bad bounces. I can't blame Simeon Varlamov or Ilya Sorokin, for that matter, on any of these goals. Out of the eight goals, there were no softies that I can recall. Uh, But here's where the game more or less ended. In the first period, the New York Islanders allowed eight odd man rushes, according to the NBCSN television crew. Eight 
odd man rushes. That is not Islanders hockey. There was so much room for the Lightning to skate through the neutral zone and to give up eight odd man rushes in less than a period is a recipe for disaster. It was 3-0 at the end of the first period and the Islanders were actually honestly lucky that it wasn't more, that Varlamov actually kind of bailed his team out a little bit uh, in giving up those three goals, and then they switch over to Sorokin. Not that Sorokin did any better, because it wasn't the goaltender's fault. And there it is, 3-0 after one period, and the Islanders came out early in the second period and showed some flashes of better play. And they had to. I mean, they were outshot in that first period, 19-5, to and it wasn't even that close. And you could talk about bad bounces, and yeah, I think at least two, if not all three of the first three goals were bad bounces, but you know what? Puck luck like that, you make it if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning in this game. The Islanders can gripe all they want about the bad bounces, but they were just totally and completely outplayed. And they had a couple of chances early in the second period. Had they scored, and the score would have been 3-1, to one, maybe the momentum changes. But then Brock Nelson takes a hooking call, and that was 4-44 into the second period. The result after that on the power play is a goal by Steven Stamkos, and it's 4 nothing, and the route is on, and there was really, you know, nothing the Islanders did particularly well for the rest of this game. I mean, look, we have our checklist, and, you know, of the things the Islanders need to do well to win a hockey game, they didn't do any of them. They didn't shoot the puck when they had a chance to shoot the puck. They didn't stay out of the penalty box. That's for darn sure. Uh, They didn't kill penalties when they did get into the penalty box. And Tampa Bay was three for six on the power play. They didn't clog up the neutral zone. They didn't play positional defense. They didn't pick up their men to back check. They never got the four check going. I mean, what did the Islanders do well in this game? Well, the game ended. I mean, there's really nothing else you could talk about. You, you know, we always mention certain statistics in this game uh, that demonstrate hunger and desire. One of them is block shots. Almost double. Tampa Bay 13, the Islanders 7. Takeaways, 15 for Tampa Bay, just 8 for the Islanders. Hits were close to even, 41-40 in favor of the Lightning, but realistically, the Islanders didn't play with discipline. The Islanders did not play their style of hockey. They didn't skate. It was almost like the team was exhausted from that last-second victory in Game 4 back at the Nassau Coliseum. And they had absolutely nothing to give tonight. And, you know, that's how it looked. That's the way it looked. This team was beaten every way possible 
in a hockey game. They didn't even really win the fights much. I mean, not, not that it would have mattered. But at the end of the day, the Islanders, 8 nothing loss, the worst, most one-sided loss in Islanders postseason history. And that goes all the way back to 1975. And I'll put it to, I'll, I'll spell it out this way. The Islanders allowed eight goals in game five last night. Eight goals. Guess how many goals the Islanders have scored in this series total through five games? Eight goals. This was demoralizing, humiliating, terrible. And you know what? If I'm Barry Trotz, I don't even watch the game film. I turn the page. I put this behind me. This game was over by, uh, you know, midway through the second period, and the outcome was never in doubt. And as a result, maybe it's a little easier to put behind you, and maybe that's the only good thing that comes out of this game. All right, Matthew Barzal took a, a major penalty in a game misconduct. We'll talk about that and whether or not he'll even be eligible for game six. That and a lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counterperson orders the parts on his or her computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Now, rockauto.com won't overcharge you. So many other places have different price points for do-it-yourselfers and professional mechanics, but rockauto.com doesn't. They give the same low price to everyone. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, and you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have got everything you need from tail lamps to motor oil or even a new carpet, and they've got that whether you're looking for something for your classic or your daily driver. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. So Matthew Barzal, uh, at the end of the second period, literally after the whistle uh, ended the second period, takes a uh, five-minute major penalty and a game misconduct and is basically kicked out of the game. It was a cross-check on Jan Ruta, and let's face it, uh, the call was legit, and Barzi was frustrated, and, you know, it was a cheap shot. The stick came up high. Uh, I, I couldn't quite tell clearly on the replay because of the angle, but it looked like it either got him in the chin or across the the shoulder, chin, face. It was hard to tell exactly where the initial point of contact was. Obviously, a couple of thoughts. First of all, Matt Barzal, I understand your frustration. I shared it. Uh, but you can't lose discipline like that and put your team at risk. Now, look, at the end of the second period, it really didn't matter anymore. This game 
was already six to nothing at that point. The outcome had been decided, and you know, it wasn't like even if Matthew Barzal was available for the Islanders in the third period, the final score would have been close. No, this game was a rout and it was over. But obviously, the league is going to review that play. And I don't think Barzal deserves a suspension for it. He is not a, you know, past offender or repeat offender. He wasn't really attempting to injure Ruta. I, I Again, I just think his frustration got the best of him. And he lost it for that brief moment. And the result is the penalty. Bottom line. You can't even risk it in a situation like that. Even a one-game suspension for Barzal. And I don't, again, I don't think he deserves one or will get one. But he's almost certainly going to get fined. Probably the maximum, which is $5,000. And, you know, you can't have a situation where your best player gets kicked out of a playoff game not only, you know, not so much the third period, but risking a possible suspension in a game where your season is on the line is something that you cannot do. And Matthew Barzal finished this game with a grand total of zero shots on goal. Zero. Now, okay, he only played two periods, was on the ice for 10 minutes, 35 seconds. But, you know, your best players have to be your best players. Well, no shots on goal for Matthew Barzal. No shots on goal also, by the way, for Brock Nelson. No shots on goal for Kyle Palmieri. Those numbers have to change. And... You know, the Islanders need to find a way to just regroup, but Barzi can't lose his cool like that. While I disapprove of the move by Matthew Barzal, uh, I have to give credit to Matt Martin. And why? Because Matt Martin basically came to the defense of his teammate, Casey Sezikis. Sezikis was cross-checked in front of the Tampa Bay goal. The play was already over in, in the sense that the puck had been cleared from that from the uh, slot area, and you basically had a cheap shot by Barkley Goodrow into the back of Casey Sezikis. Sezikis goes down. Matt Martin comes to his rescue. Got to give him credit for that. And Martin did what he had to do to stick up for his teammate. And it was one of the few, you know, things that I liked about this game. And I do mean few because there wasn't a lot to to really say, hey, yeah, that was, uh, that was a, at least a bright point for the New York Islanders because I could not find any 
when looking at this game and analyzing what we saw, other than maybe the fact that the Islanders at least did stick up for one another when things got a little rough. But the undisciplined penalties, the lack of back-checking, the lack of... Uh, the lack of team defense, just nothing like what this team is capable of doing and is used to doing. And the only thing I can really point to at this moment is uh, a quote from Barry Trotz after the game, I know this team, they'll be ready on Wednesday. You can only hope that that is indeed the case because they really weren't ready tonight. And look, Wednesday night, game six, shaping up to be, uh, you know, season on the line, facing elimination. This Islander team throughout the last three years since Barry Trotz and Lula Morello, you know, became the coach and general manager has shown a lot of heart, a lot of guts, and a lot of resiliency. All of those three factors will be necessary if this team is going to bounce back from this game in Game 6 and keep their season alive. And, you know, we'll see whether or not they can do it. And it's not going to be easy, but I'm not ready to give up on this team. I, I think this team still has something left in it. You got to remember last year they lost Game 1. I think it was 8-2 to two to the Lightning bounced back, made it a series, uh, and the Lightning said last year that the Islanders were the toughest opponent that they faced in all four playoff series. We'll see whether they can bounce back, but it's going to be a tall order. We have our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we are going to look at some of the things the Islanders need to do in Game 6, and uh, hopefully they can bounce back and do it. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is also brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The baseball season is in full swing, and you could track all the action at Bet Online. We also have, of course, the NBA and Stanley Cup playoffs going on, and uh, you have the uh, Euros in soccer going on right now, some golf, some UFC, some MMA. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs at Bet Online. Before the next faceoff, head to, over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams go on their playoff runs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, today we want to wish a very happy 54th birthday to former Islanders defenseman Paul Stanton. Stanton originally drafted in the eighth round in 1985 by the Pittsburgh Penguins after four very good seasons at the University of Wisconsin. Made his NHL debut with Pittsburgh in 1990-91, then moved on to the Boston Bruins before joining the Islanders during the 1994-95 season. 
split time between the Islanders and the Denver Grizzlies, which back then was their uh, IHL affiliate, and uh, played 18 games with the Islanders, four assists, nine penalty minutes, and never played another game in the NHL after that, ended up playing in Germany and Sweden, uh, and was active as a hockey player until the 2004-2005 season. 295 career NHL games, 14 goals, 63 points, and another 44 postseason contests, including uh, winning a Stanley Cup with the Penguins uh, back in 1992. Uh, Was a member of the Penguins in 1993 when the Islanders obviously uh, upset them in the playoffs, so uh, had a little bit of uh, of time both ways there. We're going to look at one of his better games with the Islanders, April 12th, 1995, at the Miami Arena. Islanders taking on the Florida Panthers in this one, and Tommy Soderstrom, the goalie for the Islanders, going up against Mark Fitzpatrick, the former Islander, who was in net for Florida. Islanders got on the board first, Derek King, his ninth of the year, Steve Thomas, and our Islanders' birthday of the day, Paul Stanton with the assist. And yes, it was a power play goal as Jeff Smith was in the box for tripping. one nothing Islanders after one. In the second period, the Islanders extend their lead. Steve Thomas, his ninth, from Chris Marinucci at 13:24. It was 2 nothing Isles after 40 minutes. But in the third period, Florida made it closer. Rob Niedermeyer, his fourth from Bill Lindsay at 327, made it 2-1. But it was Pat Flatley with an empty net goal in the final minute. Captain Kirk Muller with the assist at 1923. Islanders skate away with a 3-1 win. And for Paul Stanton, uh, our Islanders' birthday of the day, he had the assist. One shot on goal. And uh, that was uh, one of only four games he had an assist in, but the only one out of the four that the Islanders actually won. Soderstrom stood on his head in this one, 38 saves uh, in this game. Islanders outshot 39-24, to but because of Soderstrom's heroics, end up winning this one, 3-1. to So again, uh, we want to wish a very happy 54th birthday to former Islanders defenseman Paul Stanton, and many, many happy and healthy more. All right, so how do the Islanders go about getting back into this series? And I'm telling you right now that the Islanders are going to have to just put this behind them. They have to realize this is still as bad as this loss was. It still only counts as one game. And, you know, the old cliche in hockey is that the last win of a series, usually the fourth win of a series, is the hardest one to get. Well, the Islanders have a reputation of being a difficult team to play against. They have to live up to that reputation in game six they're going to have the home crowd behind them and they have to just you know realize there are games look everybody has days where nothing goes right this was a murphy's law game the islanders didn't play well they didn't have energy 
They didn't get the bounces, but they didn't make the bounces go their way. They took some bad penalties. They did not play Islanders hockey. Well, when things break down, the old uh, the old acronym that everyone uses is KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. This is what Barry Trotz has to tell his team. Forget about game five. It's over. You lost. It counts as only one game. Go out and do the things that got you here. Go out there and forecheck and clog up the neutral zone and play positional hockey and make sure that if the Tampa Bay Lightning do win this hockey game, they know they were in a battle because that is one thing they did not know in game five. The Islanders, the only way they're going to win because I've said it before and I'll say it again, the Lightning are a more talented and deeper team than the Islanders. The Islanders have to play smart positional hockey and they have to outwork the Lightning and play their game. They are capable of doing it. They can beat any team on any given night. And if you don't think this Islander team can win two games in a row, well, then you've got another thing coming. So, uh, I go back to Varlamov. It wasn't his fault that, you know, he gave up those three goals. And I think the goalie change was the right move by Barry Trotz to try to spark the team. It it didn't end up working, but he had nothing to lose at that point. So the Islanders have to come back and almost put this game out of their minds because psychologically, if they think about what happened last night, it's going to make things tougher for them in game six. We'll be back tomorrow with a full preview of Game 6 and a whole lot more. So make sure you join us for uh, for that one. And again, we are here every Monday through Friday. Podcast drops a little after midnight, 12.25 a.m. Uh, Night Owls can listen before bed early risers. Subscribe and it'll be waiting in your inbox when you wake up in the morning. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That does it for today's episode. Stay safe, everybody. Have a great day. And of course, let's go Islanders.